All right. Hey, I'm back. Season two premiere was actually kind of successful. The biggest premiere I've ever had. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy like every episode probably from now on is going to be like, oh, man, we've doubled our viewership of, you know, two people to three. But we actually got nine this time in just a day. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm recording this pretty quickly. Um, but it part of these segments will be spread out, you know. Taking my time, watching the ways go by while I'm on the clock. Supposed to be working on other projects. But I'm on a union mandated break right we get those so anyways just i got a couple different segments so this episode might be kind of broken up a little bit kind of random here and there we'll get some argus trotter we'll talk about halo and dune and uh i don't know i'll figure some other stuff out to add on all right peace out we'll be right back in two seconds So I'm pretty excited, y'all. Halo is back. And for once, it feels like a bigger deal. Because um, the multiplayer beta, which... I don't know. It feels so very good, very fresh. I'm pretty excited about it. I think everyone should try it because it's free. Um, it does seem to have some issues sometimes on PC loading. from If you did it through the Xbox store, whatever Windows 11 thingy is. But... Uh, it just seems to sit there, but on Xbox Series X, it is amazing. Um, I got some kiddos testing it out on the Xbox One X, the old system. Seems to run perfectly fine for them. And, I mean, they're tough critics because, you know, all they play is Fortnite. And no game has ever been able to, like, throw Fortnite off of their game. That and Roblox. Like, apparently, you know, those games are the games to beat nowadays for kiddos. I wouldn't know because... Roblox bothers me and Fortnite started off as such a cool idea and then just became like, hey, we can dance if we want to. But anyways, Halo's pretty amazing. Uh, the only critique I've had so far was from a friend who just thought one of the levels seemed really quiet and I kind of agreed, but then I had to remind him that when you're playing it though, um, you make the sounds because you're always supposed to be kind of singing a very crappy version of the theme as you play. So when you start killing people, you're like, da 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 You're supposed to make the sound effects and scream lots of Arnold sounds, which is kind of funny because Master Chief's name is John and he's a Spartan. And we should actually all probably be quoting like Sylvester Stallone, but I don't know. I don't think everyone can do a Sylvester Stallone voice. Because, you know, I, I, I can't really do it. I'm like, hey, yo, Adrian. I've got to go to Mars and fight the Martians. I can't do it. I, I think I can do more of a Mickey. Like, you know, like Mickey. the the, the His trainer, you know. He's like, come on, Rock. You got to get up. Mr. T's going to kill you. He's from the A-team. He'll hit you with their bus as he hits you with a left, Rock. I don't think that was very good either. But, like, I just kind of now I'm imagining... Like, the next Rocky movie is just Mr. T shows up in the A-Team bus and is just running Sylvester Stallone down. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, Halo's pretty amazing. Uh, some other things kind of reviewing. Went and saw the new movie Dune when it came out. 
I'm a big Super Dune fan. Not like one of those nerdy people that I could do like YouTube videos and like talk about all the little finite details of like the Quizart Hotterocks and the Benny Gesserit and the Benny Telax and Duncan Idaho and all all the the key things. I I mean I, I think like the nuance to it is is so massive and I think like what's always great about Dune is you can have your own opinion what the book is a books are really about. Like is it environmentalism? Is it you know, some people think it's a white savior story. I don't see that because, I mean, it's in 10,000 years in the future. By then, we're all kind of a mixing pot, right? We probably all look very, like, the same color. But then they go to different worlds, so then we probably look, would look different, too. So if it's racist, well, those races haven't even been born yet for another thousands of years. So who are we to judge, right? But uh, I think the movie did a good job. I think there's some things missing, like Gurney Halleck's bassinet or bassinet. Um, I think there was needed some more nuance to him because I think like some of the best quotes from the book that they used even in like the 1980s crappy version and the made for high school musical version from the sci-fi channel, which is amazing though. I kid you not. It You have to look back some of weird overacting and some bad sets in the first one, but sci-fi channels version of dune and children of dune i think are very good and get the story really well and uh i think they hit all the good points and they do a good job at projecting the inner monologues better um than you know 1984 where everyone's just kind of standing around like thinking ahead oh, does he know is he the traitor i don't know what i'm thinking anymore we gotta pad this runtime and explain everything to people um but you know, that was really, that was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I thought the new one was very kind of breathtaking because I think if you go in not knowing what Dune is, it's kind of interesting because it feels so grounded visually why it's supposed to be some sci-fi, like, you know, spectacle. And it's like, well, stuff's going to look sci-fi, but a lot of it's going to look very natural. And I think they did that a good because I think that's what Dune always was kind of about was like... Um, just like the rest of the best books. See, I always have a big issue with the Lord of the Rings books is because they're too detailed. Like you get 30 pages of the detail of the tree at the end of the road that they're walking on. Um, that's why I actually really enjoy Peter Jackson's versions, the movies. There's some weird nitpickiness with, you know, like, oh, this isn't how it should have happened. You gave the, you, you know, you took this person's cool role and gave it to someone else. But I think, that does a better job at handling the stories in those 12 hour movies than uh, the book does because sometimes I just got bored in the book. It's great, it's really great world setting, but I don't need to know about the tree at the end of the road, I'm sorry. So I think Dune does a better job of it, of, of world building is you, you get, you're given the details, right? But you can decide what it kind of looks like and feels like, which is always great. So seeing like this movie, I'll say from, you know, the influences of the old movies and the books and you know fan art and all this stuff i thought the book or the book was translated well into movie form in this one i just wish they would have kind of focused on the dinner party and the bassinets and um you know kind of made the subplot about the traitor because that was kind of the big part in the first half of the book was you know it was trying to make you feel shocked about the who the traitor was um, to the tradies and uh you know that was great 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 movie um but i i think anyone to judge that movie you sh you can't judge it yet you need part two to come out 
to see if they they really handle the movie well. I know he wants to make Dune Messiah into a third movie, which I always think like the Sci-Fi Channel did a good job at that was when they did Children of Dune, Dune Messiah is the first part of the three-part miniseries, and then Children of Dune was two and three. Because um, Dune Messiah is very interesting. It just depends how you want to tell it, how to tell the story. Because I think Dune, the first book by itself, is one of the best cover to end of a book ever. Because, you know, you can continue from there. It kind of has a little bit of a happy, happy ending. And then... Uh, branches off I think there's just no way you could really probably film the fourth book that you'd get audience to go see because it's so nuanced it's so philosophical lots of talking lots of people being giant worms and all about the golden path which you really didn't get a great idea of what that was until the second and third book and that's when that kind of switches like what feels like the overall idea of Dune is from that point on so it's like, I don't know. I think you, I think where the Sci-Fi Channel stopped was great. Would have loved to have seen them continue on, but I don't know how you can do it. I, I just don't know how you can do it that justice because I think you lose the average viewer once kind of the Atreides are out of the picture, even though it's, you know, about their ancestors leaning on. I do really like the butt-leaning jihad because those stuff is really dumbed down. And I think even though a lot of people disagree that that's really what the Frank Herbert wanted Dune to be. I think those would be great movies. I remember one time seeing the trailer for Chronicles of Riddick before, you know, I knew it was the Chronicles of Riddick. Um, that had the look of what I would, I think like the Butlinian Jihad would look like the first trailer. And then once it kind of showed more of the trailer, I'm like, no, but that's, that's the idea. I think Chronicles of Riddick is very underrated and, set pieces and, and a feel of futuristicness. Um, but anyways, yeah, this is great. Great stuff. Halo's back. Halo, I think, is the king after playing Battlefield and part of the new Call of Duties, which which is funny because you think I would say their same old, same old is bad, but Halo's old same feeling is good. So um, I think everyone should check that out. Halo's back. Halo's the king. It's got the championship belt rocking. Um, don't mistake him for Doom guy. He doesn't really like that. Master Chief kind of has risen above the Doom guy. Um, yeah, we'll be back after this little small break. All right. Yeah, doing this. Anyways, I'm just here for a little quick update on our favorite sim, Argus Trotter, living his best life better than mine. Uh, anyways, after I stopped broadcasting last time, he uh, he did some interesting things. Uh, there was some surprise twists, right? He did not confront the cake. But uh, he did all of a sudden become really good friends with Liberty Lee. And she basically moved in. The third day of Argus Trotter's life. That was pretty impressive. Good friend. He's got a good friend. Moved in. She took the small bedroom with the twin-sized bed in it. Um, it seemed to work out pretty well for him. But clearly she had other ulterior motives because all she did was flirt with him. And, uh, yeah, they kind of became an item. And they never went on a date. They stayed home. They jogged a little bit. They played chess. She really dug his music. 
they cook together. And I think this is maybe why Argus all of a sudden really liked Liberty Lee was he actually caught on fire and she saved his life. She put out the fire on him as he panicked and she put out the fire on the stove. So I think, you know, that may be how you get true love sometimes. Like, like, like 101 Dalmatians kind of style, you know, the, the people, you know, parent trapped by the dogs or stuff like that. That's how love happens is you got to catch on fire and have someone put out the fire. And then, um, yeah, he proposed to her about his fifth day into living on this planet of the Sims world. He proposed. They're engaged. They're uh, living their best life. Uh, they've had sex. I believe they had sex before getting proposed. As you know, in the Sims, it's called woohoo. So, you know, to keep PG. Um, anyways, about life, he's now an opening act. So he opens up for uh, Argus now, does stand-up comedy, opens up, makes about $54 an hour. He still has about half the week off. So he plays a lot of music, and he's not very good at writing jokes, but he's starting to write his own songs. So I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, Liberty Lee is clearly on her way up. She is a technician right now for NASA. Uh, she has three days off as well, so they kind of mingle. Uh, she's got $54 an hour, so like doing pretty good. Um, she's very smart. She's nerdy. She likes to read books. Um, she discovered, I, well, I discovered, I guess, that uh, Summer Holiday was her roommate, and they were best friends, so Summer is calling every day to come hang out, right? Because she feels neglected. But the problem is Summer comes over and then everyone goes to work and she just kind of stands there awkwardly and then like, I better go home. This is kind of awkward. Anyways, they're still kind of mad at Travis about the cake. In fact, he just left his dishes still there and sat on the table for a day. Got that cleaned up. Um, everyone seems to be doing good. I would say they have no other friends. So it's almost like the perfect life because that's what happens when you get in a relationship. You just flake out on everybody else. That's the best way of doing it. Um, it saves time, energy, and money. And they play chess. Uh, Ar I gotta say, though, Argus gets really grumpy that if he doesn't work out enough, um, Liberty Lee just seems to want to follow him around and flirt. So they try and work out together. I really like that they cook together. I think that's a great thing because, honestly, in relationships, if you're not cooking together and someone's catching on fire and you're not putting one of you out, then are you really living life? Because someone's got to catch on fire every couple of days in a kitchen for it just to be magical anymore. Um, about that, everything else seems pretty good. Letting it roll a little bit. Um, who knows when the wedding's going to be? Because, you know, they've only known each other for five days. Um, I was expecting the roommate thing to just kind of be an interesting twist. Like, okay, he's already got someone living in his house, you know, hiding that void in his life. But instead of uh, work focusing about himself like most people should do. He was just like what most people do. And like, I'm just going to hop into the, a relationship right now and flow with it. So that's my little five minute or less update on Argus Trotter right now. And apparently he's got a family going or about to have a family going. So this is really interesting. Um, but we'll play more. We'll let him live his life and we'll see where he goes from there. Thanks for uh, checking in on Argus Trotter and the magical world he lives in. Bye-bye. All right, now the only R5 would like to share with you one of his rants. 
and I am the only R5, of course. So, get ready to listen to me rant. And I think this is more of an interpersonal rant. Like, am I really ranting about anyone else, or am I just ranting about this suppressed anger in me so that every time I talk to people out of nowhere when there's like dead silence and someone says something I'm just like what do you want I get really frustrated and angry a lot with people I'm sure that's kind of normal but you just have that when you just everything just sets you off you're like god dang diet Pepsi just sitting there in the fridge staring at you and you're just like angry because you're like, how did it get here? I don't have Diet Pepsi in my house. Where are you from? And then, you know, all of a sudden a duffel bag gets put over your head. You're not probably knocked out with a billy club. And you're trying to do, you wake up in the car and you're trying to do the thing from like taken where you're trying to like, all right, turning left. All right, one, two. 18 shit i already forgot where i am i think you just turned like three times and like these damn potholes all over this town I, I i think we're we're somewhere and then they take the mask off and then they're you're just angry because you're just still thinking of that diet pepsi that they must have put in your fridge to distract you they knocked you out and it's probably still sitting there and someone's gonna like open your fridge while you're gone and be like huh i didn't know you started drinking soda again and then they'd be like, wait a second, he wouldn't buy a diet soda. And then I'm still sitting there now and they're wanting to hold me ransom, hold me hostage. And they're like, shit, we got the wrong R5. But then they're like, I thought there was only one of them. Yes, there is only one, but somehow we still messed up. And then they took me home. And then like, but this time they left the duffel bag off your head so you could kind of see how badly you were at doing the taken transversal memory thing. And uh, you get home and that's it. All that anger starts to slowly fade away until the next time you find that diet soda in the fridge. We'll be back. All right, viewers, if you're still around for this episode, all one and a half of you, I do have some uh, comments or concerns I'd like you guys to address for me. Uh, how do you wrap a six-foot-tall paddleboard for Christmas? I am also one of the worst Christmas wrappers, so I'm wondering how you wrap this because I don't want to just, like, there's a paddleboard behind the tree. There you go. Have fucking Merry Christmas, people. Um and, uh, you know, I just think if I just put a tarp on it, it'd be kind of lame. So, you know, if anyone's got some great tips or techniques on how they wrap really anything, um, submit it to theonlyr51 at gmail.com. Once again, that's theonlyr51 at gmail.com. And if you misspelled it, it's fine and you send it to someone else, that's cool because I doubt you'll fuck that up. If you do, then... Um, I'm sorry that I made my email a bit too complex. But yeah, that's right. Just met, email me, message me, um, find me on the side of the road, and just give me some advice on how I should wrap a six-foot-long paddleboard for Christmas. And maybe even some wrapping paper ideas. Send me some funny pictures. I've really seen some uh, Paps Blue Ribbon wrapping paper lately that is pretty damn funny. Um, so I think, like, that would be cool, too. I mean... 
I think it'd be kind of funny. And, uh, shit, I just had a lost train of thought. Did I say paddleboard or kayak? Anyways, how about give me an idea for both of them? And and if the ideas are great, I have a kayak right now. I'll buy a paddleboard too, and we'll wrap it all. We'll wrap it all. We'll have fun with it. Um, and also. Send me the best sweaters you can find that deal with cats and cocaine. I'm 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 just always laughing at that. It's so funny because I don't know whose idea was it that cats and cocaine go together. Um, because I would think cats and depression go together very well. Um, cocaine would go well with anger and diet Pepsi in the fridge, but cats and cocaines. Let's get that going, right? Cats and cocaines and kayak wrapping paper let's do it let's do it all we're here live and i am the only r5 we'll be right back all right anyways i think i'm gonna kind of keep this episode shorter even though it's like probably my second longest episode ever um and yeah i'm gonna work on cutting out the ums and likes because I'm not a valley girl. Somehow I took over for them. So I know that bothers a lot of people and kind of you lose the audience with it. But I'm also not very professional because I do this on a whim. I have no idea going into it. I like to be random and rant. But I thought I'd give a preview randomly uh, maybe next time. I think uh, I'm going to spend the upcoming couple days and I'm going to watch Tiger King season two. I kind of have fallen asleep twice watching the first episode of season two. Uh, I mean, that episode seems really interesting, but I've heard from others it all is from all falls down from there um, because probably focuses on the wrong stuff like that bitch Carol Baskins, as everyone likes to say. Um, But guess what, motherfuckers? I'm also going to check out Cowboy Bebop because that is also one of the most groundbreaking things I think ever has existed since 1998. So I'm going to watch the live action version on Netflix and probably be sad that they tried to give reveal more of the backstory of Spike Spiegel than needed to be because I felt like that was always one of the best parts of the original. Besides that it was a cartoon that when I watched it, I didn't see a cartoon. I saw just one of the greatest TV shows ever made. Um, I highly recommend it if you've never watched the anime. Get off your um, high horse thinking it's a cartoon. I don't watch that stupid shit. And watch one of the most adult-oriented, just good material. Music's awesome. The acting, voice acting's top-notch. The animation still holds up. It's very beautiful. It's one of the most semi-realistic takes on the future, kind of, because let's just face it everything's going to shit anyway that was my phone going off i forgot to turn back on silence that means it's probably time to wrap up once again thank you for tuning in we had a great launch apparently i didn't know i was going to really make a big deal out of that because i really thought my two loyal listeners would be the only people listening so thank you for the other people that tuned in for at least part of the last week's episode and i hope this one you caught your attention to keep going through all the weird randomness till right now so thank you again i am the only r5 and you can find me here because i'm not really sure where my podcast is at the moment it seems like it's lost in translation i'll fix that i guess i mean it seems like 
I'm just going to hold you all to gunpoint and tell you to listen anyway, so I guess I'll probably choose where you listen. Um, but we'll get it all fixed out. But thank you for listening wherever you are out there. And find me on the roadside. Thank you. Good night. Or good morning. Or midday. Or second breakfast. Whenever you're listening. Because I am brought to you by viewers like you. Even though you have not given me any money. And I really didn't give you an option to do that either. So thank you for just stopping by. Uh,